This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. It is not Touch Them All, Big Voice Guy. That's my bad. It is not Touch Them All. No, that's Big Voice Guy's fault. He forgot that it was football free agency <laughs> frenzy bonanza on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It usually is touch them all at this time. If you're listening live and that's what you're tuning in for, it'll be a podcast this week. So if you're looking for Twins Talk, Phil and Derek are actually recording that as we speak. And it'll be up shortly at scorenorth.com or just search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts. Or just go ahead and download the app, dude. What are you waiting for? Get so, the Score North app. Just to make it clear, we yes. can do a Gallahorn noise every once in a while. Like every, Just in the middle of the conversation, just stop and go. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay if you just made the noise. <laughs> I think that might be more entertaining. That voice you just heard there is Matthew Collar, who's joining uh, Manny and myself, Rami Maclaw, for our number two of Purple Daily in football free agency frenzy bonanza week. By the way, tonight at 630 on our Twitter feed and across our social media and digital platforms, we'll be doing a free agency watch along. Myself, Manny, Phil, and whoever else from the Score North staff decides to join us will be here uh, following and discussing all the action in day three of NFL free agency. And things can start to become official this afternoon. Can they not, Matt? They can, okay. yes, yes. It's the official start of the league year. Legal tampering is over, and now things ink can start to be put to paper finally. Three o'clock central, things can be official. So then you're going to have to sort through new news along with old news that is now being made official, or whoever might decide at the very last moment to say not go to the Jets. <laughs> that can always happen. <laughs> what did you make of the whole Anthony Barr situation, melodrama, if you will? You know, I, I wasn't really surprised because the Vikings have done a great job of keeping their star players around, and they seem to have created a culture that people want to be a part of. And when we talk about culture and NFL teams and you know sports in general, it's often eye roll worthy. It's usually only brought up when a new coach takes over a team and comes in and says, we've got to change the culture here. But what, what you have is a lot of players who have gone through a lot together 
together. Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Everson Griffin, Linvald, Joseph Harrison Smith. These guys have taken this franchise from when Mike Zimmer got here at three and 13 in the worst defense of the NFL to an NFC championship two years ago and a top defense year after year. And that's sort of formed this, this bond, I think, with these guys. And I wonder if Anthony Barr did agree with the Jets and then got some phone calls from his coaches and his teammates that said, you need to be back here. You need to come back and be our captain and be our centerpiece of our defense, one of the centerpieces, and and that may have convinced him. I I mean, I I don't know exactly how it went down, but that would make a lot of sense to me. I know that Eric Hendricks, when he signed his deal last year, he said the same sort of thing. Like, it's a great place to be, and it's a good franchise and organization to be a part of, so I just wanted to get the deal done and stick around. And we've seen that from quite a few people. More uh, Enough players to know that it's more than just, oh, I can sign a contract now. Now, Daniil Hunter probably could be making $23 million a year, but instead took a very reasonable deal, and I think so did Stephon Diggs. If Diggs had this year that he just had and was becoming an unrestricted free agent right now, he'd be looking at 17 to $18 million right. on the free agent market, but instead he just signed the deal to stick around as a part of the Vikings. In hindsight, it doesn't surprise me so much that Anthony Barr changed his mind and, and switched directions and going from the Jets and back to the Vikings. It seems to me that the Vikings changed their mind because their M.O. in the past has always been that if a guy the caliber of an Anthony Barr was set to hit free agency, they would take if they wanted to keep that guy, they would take care of him a year before he actually hits free agency. Yeah. It seems like the Giants, for whatever reason, slammed on the brakes on letting Anthony Barr go. And my my theory yesterday on, on Mackie and Judd with Rami, which you can hear every weekday, 4 to 6, Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, was that they looked around and last year they saw the NFC North as their division to lose and by a wide margin once they added Kirk Cousins to what they thought was already a Super Bowl, cal- Super Bowl caliber defense. And then things didn't exactly play out that way. And not only did they lose the division, the Bears took a big step uh, immediately upon adding Khalil Mack. You look at the Packers, you would think Aaron Rodgers is due for a bounce back season. And they've been active in free agency and bolstered their talent. Even the Lions were very active in free agency. So I think what changed from a year ago to today is the Vikings a year ago saw a division that was that was theirs to lose, and like I said, by a wide margin, and now they see themselves in a lot of ways, on, on just on paper, chasing the other three teams in the division, and they looked at it and said, we can't lose a guy like Anthony Barr. I, that's probably part of it, and they reportedly upped their offer at the final hour when the Jets offer came in, so that may have played a role into it, though the Jets offer was still better. I mean, maybe Anthony Barr was figuring in apartment prices. I don't know, but uh, it sounded like the Jets were willing to go up to almost $17 million a year, whereas uh, the Vikings are going to get him for about 13 and a half. So there is a, a big chunk of change that's different, and with the Vikings, too, they've also wanted him to be a part of this team long-term since day one. I I mean, Mike Zimmer talks repeatedly about wanting to have Anthony Barr back and how valuable he is to the defense. Uh, I've written a couple of different pieces on it at scorenorth.com, but I mean, if you look at his how he's used in so many different types of roles, and Mike Zimmer has talked about how when other teams go to game plan, they have to game plan for number 55 where he's going to be, and the Vikings over the last three years are by far the number one team on third down on defense in the NFL, and a lot of that has to do with Anthony Barr. When you look at those pressure numbers, his pass rush numbers and things like that, 
a lot of it is him rushing the passer, him being in the right scheme and being able to execute those things. Zimmer loves to have that sort of chess piece that he can use with him and Harrison Smith. They're both the guys that you can do a lot of different things with. So I think that they did want him to be back uh, this entire time. But you're right that when you see the other teams gaining on you, a team like Chicago passing you, a team like Green Bay that's not going to be down for very long, sign a couple of good players. You want to keep up, and even if you don't have a ton of cap space to do it, you're going to try to keep that talent around. The thing that I come back to, though, is what if this money was spent on offense? Like, right? I think Anthony Barr is a really good player. I think he could be even better than he was last year if they use him in different some different ways and get even more creative. But the thing I'm going to end up asking is, what if it was Golden Tate instead? Tyrell Williams just signed with the Raiders. What if it was him instead? That's a playmaking wide receiver. What if it, you know, what if it was going all in on Roger Saffold, who signed for about eleven million dollars a year, which is not crazy, right? So, I mean, that's the question we're going to be asking ourselves as we go forward. If they don't really add to this offense in free agency, is could that money have been spent there, and how much would you have been losing? And I can I can see that point of view, and obviously the offense needs an upgrade at a number of positions. One of the things we wanted to talk about later in the show is where there are still holes on this Vikings roster. So we'll get to that, but I look at it on the defensive side of things. I, I said this to Manny in the first hour, and as great a defensive mind as Mike Zimmer is, when you're losing Sheldon Richardson... And then it comes down to, it seems like to me, you were either going to lose Anthony Barr or let Everson Griffin walk. It seemed like those were the two choices or Everson Griffin restructure. Those are three of your best four players on, on your defensive front seven. And the prospect of losing three of them, three of your four best players on your defensive front seven, that's, that's daunting for any coach, no matter how brilliant a defensive mind to overcome. And I think they looked at it and said, we can keep Richardson at the price tag that he's at now. Or we can re-sign Anthony Barr, and they said we'll sign re- we'll re-sign Anthony Barr and risk losing uh, Everson Griffin. And I, and I think Barr is a more valuable player to the defense right. than Sheldon Richardson. The counterpoint to spending the money on the defensive side and not just pouring it into offense would be when you look at last year, a number of players did not play up to the caliber that they usually do. Mm-hmm. Xavier Rhodes is one of them. Uh, I would say Anderson Deho, we usually expect to be that starter who's usually there, and he got hurt halfway through the season. Everson Griffin is the biggest one who did not perform at a Pro Bowl level. Harrison Smith, 2017, had a great case for the defensive MVP of the entire league. He did not play that well in 2018, even though he was their highest-graded player by PFF. And they were the fourth best defense in the league still. Right. Even though he did not get, Zimmer did not get the same sort of performances. He suffered through injuries. And what ended up happening is other guys stepped up that they have developed. Mackenzie Alexander, uh, Anthony Harris, a guy who stepped up. Steven Weatherly, a guy who stepped up that they've been developing. Holton Hill. And I wonder if they relied instead on those players to continue to develop and get into these positions and did not spend so much money only on. Daniil Hunter, who's the superstar in his prime, that makes complete sense. That's an amazing contract. But if they didn't spend as much money on some of these guys and poured it into weapons around Kirk Cousins, what would be the impact of the defense? Would they drop from 4th to 25th? No way, right? Just not with Mike Zimmer and not with a couple of the guys that they have as the core players. It might drop from 4th to 10th, and you would consider risking that drop from the very top to the middle, thinking that you could get the most out of Kirk Cousins. 
that, that 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 should be a, a high consideration to me, but to them, they want to keep this defense together. And that leads me to my concern is because for for how good Anthony Barr is, and he's the big part of the defense. We all know that, and they're going to be paying him a lot of money. And I'm curious to see if there's if they have even bigger plans for him going forward than what they've already been sort of utilizing him as. But when you look at the amount of money that they're giving him, they're so tight with the cap right now, even even now, even when if they let Everson Griffin go or let, you know, Trey Waynes or somebody like that go, they're still they're getting more cap space, but they're not gonna have a ton of money. And we're talking about and I brought this up with Rami last hour, we're talking about a team that was eight, seven, and one last year. And if you don't make a lot of drastic personnel improvements on offense, you're in some ways you're basically going into 2019 running it back with the same roster that you had a year ago that was 8 7 and 1. And what and that's my concern. Right, and what you're really banking on is just that a different system is going to change Kirk Cousins. But yeah. when I pull up Kirk Cousins' career pro football focus grades and we <laughs> see if we can change Kirk Cousins. Let's take a look here. His career grades. Well, I don't like the tone in your voice. 2015, he was graded a 71.6 by Pro Football Focus, 1-100 scale, so 71. Okay. Next year, he was 80. The next year, 70. And last year, 79. So last year was his second highest graded season by Pro Football Focus. And his highest was only one point higher. That's four seasons of about the same play of Kirk Cousins. And he's been in different systems. He's been with Jay Gruden. He's been with... The Shanahan style. He's been with Sean McVay, and he's had better better fantasy seasons. But just grading the throw by throw and how much he creates pressure for himself and all those sorts of things, he's been basically the same quarterback. The difference in his production has been how much he has around him, and I, it hasn't so much been the system. Maybe there's a little dip when he went from you know losing Sean McVay as you would expect, but. You know, he also lost offensive linemen, and he lost receivers that year, too. I think it's been a lot of a product of what can you put around him. And if you go back with Laquan Treadwell as your number 3 receiver, and look, we haven't even started free agency yet, so I, it's like this hasn't been decided or anywhere close, <laughs> but just from the theory of how this team could possibly win, if you go back with Laquan Treadwell as your 3 receiver, if you go back with Nick Easton at guard and he gets hurt again and it's Tom Compton for the full season, if you go back and you don't have a number 2 tight end who can make plays or any tight end who can stretch the field or, or a number 2 running back who can come out of the backfield and catch passes, if you go into next year with all those things, you're going to run into the same issues with Kirk Cousins. Your tackles, it looks like your tackles are going to be the same, which means that now these guys from the Packers, Ladarius Smith, or, or how about Trey, uh, Trey Flowers, who now plays for uh, Detroit, D- Detroit mm-hmm. and he killed the Vikings in the game against the Patriots, and, and Khalil Mack, like, things are not all of a sudden changing. So your defense is going to stay the same, but your offense is going to also probably be similar, and I'm not sure how you're going to get different results. Yeah, and I think, and I said this to Manny in the first hour, I think that, like you just alluded to, they think they're going to get it out of scheming and out of yep. coaching. Yep. Rather, because they were so strapped for cash, the Wolves looked at it and said, we can't throw a whole lot of money at the roster and upgrading personnel. Where can we throw money at, and how can we improve this team? And the only answer was basically the coaching staff, unless you wanted to make 
even tougher decisions than you've already made on the defensive side of the football where you've let Sheldon Richardson walk. And it appears, according to Courtney Cronin's report, who's going to join us here in the next segment of Purple Daily, that they're they're basically telling Everson Griffin, take a pay cut or walk Yep, is, is where those discussions are at. So I think they looked at it and they said, how many guys can we afford to lose on defense to upgrade the offense? And the answer was Sheldon Richardson and maybe Everson Griffin. And it probably stops there. And then as far as improving the offense, you're looking at Gary Kubiak, Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski, and 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 their team on the offensive side of the football to put these guys in a better position to succeed. But like you said, how much room for improvement is there between where Kirk Cousins was last year and where he could be? Yeah, and I, I think it's entirely on giving him options where you know the other team is not going to be able to double team Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Right. Where it's his biggest issue. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in terms of yards per attempt on third and more than six because other teams did not have to worry about them running on third and seven, third and eight. They only had to worry about them throwing to Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen. And when you could put two guys on them, you go back and watch the Patriots tape every third down. They've got two guys on, on Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and everybody started copying that as they went down the stretch. And so the reason, or a big part of the reason, that you saw Cousins play dip as they went into the second half of the season is everyone started to game plan the same way the Patriots did. Or, I mean, it started even before that, but the Patriots did it to the extreme of like, okay, we're just not going to let you find those guys, make Kyle Rudolph beat us on third and eight. Usually doesn't. Make Aldrick Robinson, make Laquan Treadwell beat us on third and eight. Now, if you substituted in Golden Tate into this scenario, I, I think it's just a, a completely different team in terms of not just like how many yards you could put up and how good you help someone's fantasy team, but what helps you win. Success on third down and six, seven, eight, nine, like that's how you win. You look at all the winning quarterbacks, sometimes they don't have 5,000 yards, but it's usually the best guys on third and long, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger wins a lot of games in part because he'll make those big-time throws on third down, though he had a nice receiver who used to help him, and now he ran him out of town, but that's another story. <laughs> They'll be fine. Just, I, I, I just think it's a, it's a huge thing that they should have been focused on right from the very beginning, and it might still be, but it has not appeared that way. If they release Everson Griffin, that could change. I'm surprised there wasn't more of a drop-off for Kirk Cousins when he left Sean McVay. Given the magical creature that Sean McVay is, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised Kirk Cousins didn't just turn into dust and fly away in the wind <laughs> like Thanos snapped his fingers. And he, uh, you know, and he lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garcon too. His two top receivers, Jordan Reed, got hurt. A lot, a lot of things went wrong, and to no surprise, Kirk Cousins wasn't as good. I mean, this has been his mo. This is who he is as a quarterback. If you could put enough around him, he can be good, and he can be in in the Pro Football Focus top ten. And if you can't put a perfect team around him. He's probably going to be much more toward the middle. Like I said, Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com and your co-host on this show on Tuesdays here on Purple Daily. She's going to join us next. She, uh, I hope you don't mind, Matthew. She text, She tweeted out a text conversation that the two of you had earlier today. And this is why, this is why these are our football people in Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin. She texted Matthew a list of players and I was I looked at the first slide of the tweet I was like what is this then you go to the second slide and she said I'm draft simming right now you sent a flame emoji said I did three on the air yesterday she said in my opinion every day should be started with a cup of coffee and a draft sim then you said imagine if you draft simmed and then grinded tape of the players you drafted 
She said, that's like simulation overload. I might spontaneously combust watching someone uh, seal off rush lanes right on tape after drafting them. The best part is, is like early in the morning. It's like she just wakes up and draft sims and then talks to other people about her draft sims. Yeah, I have a cup of coffee and do my morning meditations. That's how I wake up every day. She she did really well in her draft sim. We could talk about it. I feel like that's her morning meditation. Yeah, draft draft sims. Yeah, that's what gets Courtney Cronin's mind right. She uh, will excite the fan base with this draft sim, I think. She'll join us next. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com, and we are streaming live. Oh, no, only the first hour was streaming live. Only right? the first hour, yeah. I should have noticed because the camera's not there anymore. Dumb, dumb. But you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. We made it real easy for you. It's at S-K-O-R North, and we're back right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff, Matthew Collar alongside. Find his musings and thoughts on the Vikings at scorenorth.com. We have Manny Hill on the other side of the glass and uh, usually hosting this very show with Matthew Collar every Tuesday from noon until 2 is Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com, and she joins us now on the phone. Courtney, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. I need free agency to, uh, you know, start here. I need the next hour and a half to go quickly because all I'm doing is, like, stress eating my way through this week. So it really needs to pick up a little bit. And endlessly draft simming. You you sent a draft simulation, and I have to say, I would give this one an A. Do you really start your day with draft sims? Is that really how you start your day, Courtney? Well, I woke up and I was just like, man, you know, I'm just feeling a little off this morning. How about a draft sim to make you set everything back in motion? And it works. It's amazing. A cup of coffee, a draft sim, a protein bar, maybe a run. Get those in there at some point. That's the way that everyone should start their day up until April 25th. So in your draft sim, you took Dalton Reisner, TJ Hawkinson in the second round, Daryl Henderson in the third round, and Tristan Hill in the fourth. Those first three guys I am pretty familiar with, and I think you did a spectacular job here. Filling up those offensive weapon positions around Kirk Cousins, Dalton, is it Risner or Reisner? Did we decide on that? Reisner? I think it's, I think it's Reisner. Okay, well, uh, from K-State, he could play tackle or guard. I mean, I, I think you did mm-hmm. a really good job here. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, given, given what's happened in free agency, that kind of sparked what I was going to do in the draft sim and it very easily could change but you know we saw the cap figures that came out for Anthony Barr this morning um and it does still give the Vikings about you know two and a half maybe a little closer to three million to work with um if they didn't get a restructure if they didn't get anything else done if they ended up cutting Everson Griffin they'd obviously get more money but we're waiting to see what the deal is there if he is going to take the restructure that they uh posed to him yesterday but in my thought process i'm thinking okay they're probably not going to go get one of the top tier offensive linemen in free agency a because they're really all gone already and b you know do you want to overpay for guys that you could probably get the second and third wave so i needed to address the offensive line early so i went with reisner at 18 i think he's got great length uh you know you could probably move him inside if that's need right now because i'm not sold on the whole let's move brian o'neill um over to left tackle just yet but I love I love that pick at eighteen and H- Hawkinson was there at fifty. I don't know why. Yeah, I was gonna I say I've seen first 15. first round grades for him. Yeah, and that one surprised me. So I mean, Matthew knows that I like to reference the one mock draft I did right before the draft last year that um, where I got to Sean Hand in the fourth round. 
year later and I'm still riding that, that high from that draft, <laughs> this might be one that I continue to bring up time and again. And, you know, with the running back position, you know, we still don't know how that room's going to shake out. I think that if you draft a guy as explosive as Daryl Henderson, you give, you know, a nice one-two punch for the Vikings' backfield. And then Tristan Hill is an interior defensive lineman. I mean, it's going to all depend kind of what Anthony Barr's role shakes out um, to be on the edge. But I think they could certainly use the interior help with Sheldon Richardson gone and, and not knowing um, how that three-technique spot's going to be. But you could certainly use them in the rotation or even do what they did with Jalen Holmes last year. Maybe Holmes is ready to play this year, and, and Hill comes in and, and can be the understudy. So very proud of this one. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to print it out and hang it on my refrigerator until I do another draft them tomorrow morning at you should 9 a.m. frame it. You should probably get it framed. I would frame that thing. I think I will. The website, the Draft Network, where you can do your draft sims and send them to us on Twitter, uh, it does allow you to save your draft sims. So you can do 50 of them and then just go back and look at all your draft sims. And then pick the one out of the 50 that was the closest and be like, see, see, I should be a GM. I keep telling this story, but last year, Courtney and I did a podcast right before the draft where we draft simmed and all the guards went off the board in the second round and we went, huh? I guess uh, I think I took Brian O'Neill and she took maybe Orlando Brown and we were like, well, we just missed out on all the linemen. Crap, what do we do here? And that's exactly what happened to the Vikings last year. So these draft sims are real. Okay, what what draft sim? Like what what site is this? Because you guys you guys have me like hungry to do some draft the, the draft, draft network. network. The draft network. Yes. Okay. The draft. All right. Yes. The draft network. Go um, eat, Manny. So, Courtney, you uh, reported last night about Everson Griffin's status, and that we should have a resolution within the next couple of days. Here, what what are you uh, putting odds on here? With I won't make you do a pie chart like yesterday. That was disastrous and took oh, forever. Yeah. But yeah, um, I was watching that live on Twitter. By the way, that so was, let, uh... let's just stay away from any numbers or percentages. <laughs> but with with Everson Griffin, uh, what's your thought on how this thing? plays out and let's say that let's say that they have to cut him or they have to trade him then they have a bunch of cap space to use where does that go it's an interesting point thinking about if they do trade him and they get you know a few picks back maybe one or two picks back for that and uh have the cap space to go after whomever else they want in free agency but Let's say right now, you know, basing it off what I know from last night, I mean, it's been quiet. So they're giving Griffin some time to, to mill the restructured uh, deal that they gave him that would, uh, you know, turn in his, his, uh, fix his last few years of his contract so it would be more cap-friendly and they'd be able to probably, you know, convert, potentially even convert his uh, salary this year into a signing bonus just to alleviate some of the space. Because as we said, you know, with, with Barr's numbers right now, it's it's – incredibly smart the way that they structured his deal that they could buy themselves a little bit of time with Griffin in order for him to make the decision. I've been told he wants to be here, that he knows obviously the opportunity that's here in front of him, the one team he's played for throughout the nine seasons in his career. He's got support here. Um, It's the best option really for him because I just don't know if the guarantee of going to chase money elsewhere um, will yield as many years as he wants to continue playing as he goes on, you know, 31 years old. So there is the chance that he doesn't take the restructure, and then obviously he could either be cut and they could release release him and get $10.5 in cap space, or they could trade him. Um, if that's the option, what you look back on then is what Anthony Barr's contract says, you know, implicitly about those uh, the escalators that he's got the final four years in his deal. Those are all based on sack numbers. It's $3 million a year. So to me, that signifies that Barr could potentially be taking over some of Griffin's duties off the edge. 
Um, they might use it as a rotational spot with you know Stephen Weatherly, Tashawn Bauer, anybody else they bring in as a right defensive end. So there are there seems like the there are pieces falling into place here. And the Vikings certainly know that this isn't a done deal just yet. But if they do lose him, you know, I think that they can look to the draft eventually, uh, maybe in one of those like mid rounds to get another edge player. Um, and if they have that kind of money, I mean, I don't think there's any offensive lineman right now you're going to overpay for. But there are some wide receiver tight ends still on the market that you might be able to bring in. And maybe now is when you address the rest of the weapons around Kirk Cousins that you know have not been addressed so far to be able to kind of balance out what you did offensively and defensively in free agency. Will you do a if Everson Griffin leaves sim draft specifically for that oh, potential scenario? Absolutely, okay. I'm going to do that. I mean, it, there's so many scenarios that we could do with the draft sims. Like, you know, what happens if Anthony Barr stays in his traditional 4-3 outside linebacker role? Do you need another edge player? What happens if you don't get an offensive lineman in free agency? Those are, it's all based on scenarios of what happens, I think, really in the next few days. Do you think we could see not just a change in the way that Anthony Barr specifically is used, but maybe a shift in the way that Mike Zimmer runs and calls his defense? Like maybe maybe some 3-4 mixed in with Barr and, and Neil Hunter on the edges? Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. I think a few years ago, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, they had the opportunity, like when Zimmer first got there, um, to do something very similar, to be able to kind of be more multiple, have different fronts. Um, when they had guys like Chad Greenway, when Tom Johnson was more so in his prime of his career, um, but they didn't really do that. And I, I get like why why they could have done it because like the you know we had Robeson, Griffin, Greenway, you know Sharif Floyd, Tom Johnson. Those are all better fits in the four three defense. Um, and for the price you were paying, it makes sense. But now you know nobody's in their base defense anymore. Anyways, everybody plays nickel most of the time. So I could see them becoming more multiple there. And if we know anything about Mike Zimmer, he's really good at adjustments. Um, and I think they will probably have to adjust some of what they do with Sheldon Richardson gone. That's the first part of that defensive equation I'm looking at because, you know, Shamar Stephan is, is, was a free agent and he signed here on, he signed with the Vikings or he's going to make it official later. Uh, but we didn't found that out on Monday. It wouldn't surprise me how they want to handle that position if they do decide to go more multiple uh, with some of their fronts. But, you know, certainly with Anthony Barr, I think the numbers speak to him being more of a pass rusher in filling the strengths that he said that he wants uh, to highlight from his game that he's better going forward than backward. And, you know, I would expect that to play out in, in what they do with their defensive line. So, Courtney, you reported that all is sort of quiet on the cornerback trade front, but I saw a guy from SB Nation's Arrowhead Addict, I think. Well, okay. whatever, it doesn't matter. I love the uh, sources we cite this know, time whatever, of year. We're just whatever. looking for anything. doesn't matter where he's from. He's right. just a guy. His name is Matt. He's a guy. He covers he's football. He's a good guy. Right. And uh, he tweeted out, how about this? Xavier Rhodes to the Chiefs for a third-round pick. Who says no? I kind of like it because of the amount of cap space the Vikings would get. I know that Xavier Rhodes is highly valued by Vikings fans, but at the same time, what he did last year does not match up to what his salary cap figure is and he's not getting younger either so i i wouldn't think that that was crazy is is that something that's like within the realm of possibility courtney i don't know just because right now everything i've been hearing is that there's you know the the people aren't hearing things like that sources i had spoken with this morning um said that that's 
kind of news to them, hearing about Rhodes and potentially the, the possibility of you know the trade talk, because that picked up during the combine. Trey Wayne's name was thrown in there. I think with Wayne's, which, you know, it's been quiet, and his salary becomes guaranteed in less than an hour and a half. Um, so I don't really anticipate, unless something completely out of the blue happens, I don't anticipate anything happening with both of them, at least today. Certainly, you know, once today happens with Wayne's, I, I don't think anything will, you know, happen after that. Rhodes, to me, I mean, I still think that, yes, they have great cornerback depth. In terms of the rest of the league, they're very lucky. But I don't think that, you know, in terms of cap numbers, there are other guys that have bigger, you know, bigger issues with stuff like that than, you know, Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes that they want to probably move off the books or try to restructure instead of those two. That's well, nothing oh, out of ahead, the sorry. well. Just nothing out of the blue ever happens. Usually, no, no not, not this time you. of year. No, <laughs> like yesterday, five minutes before the show, Anthony Barr turning around the private jet and flying back to Minnesota. You didn't your diet, Dr. Pepper, that I was going to pick up on my way into the studio because of that. So you can thank Anthony Barr when we finally have our press conference <laughs> with him. Be like, you robbed me of my caffeine fix. I have not been the same since. He could afford replacing that Dr. Pepper now. It's not the same. As when yeah, so, when someone brings you one. buy pizza for everybody with what? his new deal, but it is, it is <laughs> funny when you take a look at the numbers. Um, he really did shortchange himself to stay here, and that, I think, speaks to how he sees his fit in this defense. Um, what he's probably been promised will become his role going forward. I mean, to turn down literally about half of what you would have made uh, that's a pretty. Those are pretty high stakes. You know, when everybody else is chasing the market, Anthony Barr is going the other direction. But I mean, cost of living in New York, he probably breaks even, right? When you look at what he'd have yeah, to pay probably. for an apartment or a house and everything that goes into living in New York, I think he probably comes out about even when all is said and done. Eh, probably. That's Courtney. There's, there's Cron- no high, high taxes here. <laughs> That's Courtney Cronin. Find her work covering the Vikings at ESPN.com on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. And of course, on this very show, along with Matthew, every Tuesday at noon on Purple Daily. Always appreciate it, Courtney. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it when Courtney can join us. And again, check out her work at ESPN.com. You two, just a couple of football nerds you and her with the draft sims and the draft sims are great i suggest everyone do it people sent me a bunch of them yesterday and everyone did quite well uh we have a four eyeball emoji situation oh, do you snap. Want after the break after the break okay. four eyeball four eyeball emoji situation in nfl free agency yes it's a football free agency frenzy bonanza and we have a four eyeball emoji situation when we return on score north on 1500 and score north.com Abatogama. Score North. Minnesota Sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Okay, you want to know why there were eyeball emojis, Rami? Four eyeball emojis. Was it four or five? It was four. four. A five would be like a really serious situation. Five was Odell Beckham Jr. getting traded to the Browns last night. I feel like just organically the eyeball emoji situation is sort of coming into, you know, I was like doing it by feel, but Mm -hmm. now I kind of have a really good sense. You got a system? Do you have a system yet? Like analytics that go into this? I just do it it by feel, but now I'm getting more consistent with it. Mm -hmm. So four eyeball emojis is, hey... There's a player on the market, and this is interesting. 
If it's more than that, then something really happened. If it's less than that, it's just slightly notable. Anyway, four eyeball emojis for Ryan Schrader, the right tackle of the Atlanta Falcons, being released. Ooh. Another guard or another tackle ends up, another offensive lineman ends up on the free agent market here. And that is mildly interesting. Now, the issue is Ryan Schrader was really good in like 2015, 2016. Decent 2017 did not have a great last year, and he's 30 years old. That's the problem with that situation. But it wouldn't be that different than what the Vikings did with someone like Mike Rebers, who was up there in age, or even someone like Andre Smith, who they signed. He was bad. Like, he was bad. He didn't play very well for them last year. But if you're looking for just any other offensive lineman that is on the market who has been a starter, this is a guy. There's a guy. This is a guy. And he could probably come at a pretty good price given his age and a couple down years for him. You can probably get him at a pretty decent price, right? <laughs> Chris tweeted me, he was so bad he was benched last year. And then I said, so he's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that is the bright side. It, it does look like he's fallen off, and I wouldn't expect the Vikings to be in on him. AJ Can from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, a name that was thrown out there as a guard, he was also bad last year, and he re-signed with Jacksonville. So good luck, Nick Foles, with that one. But he was a guy that the Vikings probably didn't have any interest in because he just wasn't good. And I think that they're being smart to not spend on the guys who aren't good. They've done that in the past, and it's come back to bite them in the butt each time. If you were going to get Juwan James, or if you were going to get Matt Paradis, or if it was Roger Saffold, those are three game changers. Everybody else... You're probably better off just drafting a guy with 18. You don't believe in creating competition, just bringing in bodies to create competition and get the best out of everybody. No. Yeah, I don't see. I I just I I I think that last year they actually had a good backup left guard. The problem was he had to play all the games. If Tom Compton (laughs) plays seven games for you. You're like, okay, well, that guy like tried his ass off. And yeah, backup he, is a backup for, for a reason. Life. That's right. a guy you're hoping that he doesn't have to play more than a few snaps. In worst-case scenario, two or three games. Beyond that, you know there's going to be a drop-off, and that's why he's a backup. Right, he can't be your starter for 16 games, right. though. And that's where I think they have to bring back Nick Easton, and then you look to the draft, and that might be your offensive line. And I think the reaction from Vikings fans will be, what were you doing? Like, why did you bring back Anthony Barr and pretty much roll out the same offensive line? It should be better just by scheme and by O'Neal and Elfline improving. But if you're still talking about... And whatever the, they get in the draft. There will be yeah, somebody, yep. at least one person added to the offensive Absolutely. line via the draft. Absolutely. But it, can you imagine, though, this scenario? And it's totally reasonable that it can happen. If they don't sign anybody except for Nick Easton, that's the only person they bring back. They get to the 18th overall pick. And Ed Oliver from Houston, who is a potential star, is still there, mm-hmm. who could take Sheldon Richardson's spot. They would have to take Ed Oliver because he's so good. And I mean, but Vikings Twitter would lose its collective mind. Even for if Ed that Oliver, happened. you think they would? Yeah, I think, I think they there would. are a few exceptions to the rule. Guys who I are think s- they would. so good at their position that. Vikings fans would understand that you can't pass up on a guy like that. Well, Mike Hughes was really good last year. He was a really good prospect, and people still lost their minds. I think with I think with uh, for good reason. I mean, th- you look at how the offensive line performed, and you know O'Neill was able to step in and give them okay play, but he certainly didn't give them above average play and didn't fill a spot. I mean, they really needed the guard position to be filled, and so now if you have to wait till the second. 
there's another one of those runs on guards and you're left out of the party, it's going to be like, okay, what? (laughs) (laughs) Some of the other moves around the NFL on uh, day three of free agency, and you're listening to the football free agency frenzy bonanza here on Purple Daily on Score North on 1500. And the bonanza continues. Right after we're done, Matthew sticks around for Score North Live, two until four. He'll have the Vikings and NFL free agency covered wall-to-wall. Mackie and Judd with Rami, four to six. And then tonight, across all our social media platforms, we're going to have a free agency frenzy bonanza watch-along uh, with myself, Phil Mackey, Manny. Who else is in on that, Manny? Do you know? I know the three of us are here. I feel like there's one more person. Is it Danny Cunningham? Is he going to be yes. here? Yes, yeah, Danny Salivating over the Browns? Well, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's, so he's just going to have everything focused on the Browns with Dan. That's happening Danny's tonight coming at in about 10 minutes to come on my show just to talk oh, about is how he? excited he is. Okay. <laughs> so he's going to be upset that I didn't wear my Tim Couch jersey that I actually own. Yeah, I saw you guys talking about it on Twitter last night. Did you agree to wear the Tim Couch jersey? No, I didn't okay. agree to wear it. Um, I think I just put it back in the closet, but I forgot about that. Why do you own a Tim Couch jersey? Because I've never really been a fan of a specific team with right. football. Uh, where I grew up in Buffalo, they were so bad all the time. I ended up just watching the rest of the league. <laughs> you thought better like, of that? Playoff games that included literally every other team except for the one that was in my city. You saw family um, and friends smashing their head against the wall because of the Bills. You were like, yeah, I'm going to stay away from that. Well, I also just wa- like played so much Madden and watched so much football that I kind of liked players on every team. And when the Browns came back, though, I wanted to be like all in on the Browns. I just thought, like, this is awesome. The last time they so were you a adopted team, a team and yes, it was the Browns. They were so good. The last time I saw them, Bernie Kozar and Webster Slaughter, Michael Jackson, Clay Matthews, the real one. That like, 94 Browns team. <laughs> The 94 Browns team was amazing. The 94 Browns team was fantastic. Ernest Biner and uh, Kevin Turner. I remember when they went into Dallas and Man. when they went went into uh, Texas Stadium and beat the Cowboys. Yep. And the Cowboys were the defending, two-time defending Super Bowl champions that year. And I remember at the end, and this video was on YouTube too of Bill Belichick, you know, celebrating the goal line stand of the Browns yeah. defense. Having you see like this young nerdy looking guy with glasses on and a brown sweater on, some guy named Nick Saban, Nick Saban yep. celebrating with Belichick. It's it's hilarious. Michael Dean Perry. So are you the curse? How about Michael Dean Perry? Are you the curse for adopting the Browns? Cleveland is uncursed because of LeBron. That's true. So anyway, I decided I wanted to be all in on the Browns. And I'm like, I don't know, 13 at this time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need a Tim Couch jersey. And I have never let it go because it's just awesome. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I have have a signed football card somewhere by one of their receivers, Kevin Johnson. (sighs) What are you? What, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what did Browns. you do in sports when you were thirteen or fourteen? I didn't buy a Tim Couch jersey. Did you know he was going to be a bust? Like you wouldn't have known that when he no, came out in the draft. True. He was no. the number one pick. I'm trying to think of the, the most embarrassing journey jersey I've ever bought. I don't think I really. I don't think I have one really. Manny, do you have a jersey that you can't believe you bought in hindsight? Uh... Oh, I've got two. I've got a Herschel Walker jersey, too. Vikings or Cowboys? Oh, you'll never guess what team. Eagles? <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's another Who team trying. For? The Showboats? The New York Giants. I, I forgot I he had, played for the Giants. Always, Again, why? I always liked him because I thought he was just an insane athlete. Well, I lo- he is. I yeah. love that he returned kicks. You have to understand that like my knowledge of a lot of players because the internet was not as much of a thing, was basically video games sure, and one or two games and highlights. So Herschel Walker, 
I didn't know that he was just like kind of okay. I thought he was insanely good because the highlights were unbelievable. He was amazing on video games. It's like I need to get this guy's jersey. And that and <laughs> I remember with the Giants the, though. Well, when the Vikings made when the Vikings made that big trade for Herschel Walker, that first game that he played against the Packers at the Metrodome, he was unbelievable. He ran for like 150 yards. He took the opening kickoff like 60 yards, and I mean, and it looked like. Oh my God! The Vikings. This is why have, we did this it. This is why we did it, and <laughs> then just like the rest of it was history. This is great. He was a New York Giant for one year, in 1995. <laughs> just this, long this, enough for you to get the jersey. Gets so much better because I I liked him in Philly. That would have been when I really started watching football around that time. Yeah. He ran 31 times for 126 yards that year. <laughs> <laughs> Four yards of carry. That's a yeah, game. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's one game. Kick returning. Wow. He must have been kick returning, right? Like, oh, yeah, he averaged 21 yards of kick return with zero touchdowns. Great season. Now I see why you got the jersey. That's I, what, it's I the stand most, corrected. It's the most random I stand jersey. corrected. I'm, and I'm not even past age like 13 or 14. I didn't buy any jerseys, but I have those too. Okay, some of the other moves around NFL free agency today. If you have jerseys of any of these guys, feel free to pipe up uh, Matthew Collar. The Raiders, this just happened while we were on the air. They signed former Chargers wide receiver Terrell Williams. Oh, and we've got some breaking news. Oh, we do. This isn't worth eyeball emojis, but Adrian Peterson is going back to D.C. on a two-year deal. They must have been impressed. Mm. He's going to be right. We laughed at him when he said he was going to play till 40. He's going to be right. Yeah. I'm going to have to write him an apology letter. I'm sorry, Adrian well, you Peterson. Know. I used the logic. Have you ever said a normal standards? Have you ever written an apology letter to a player you covered? Of course not. Of course not. Adrian Peterson is going to be like, well, remember when Herschel Walker was a few years ago, speaking of, where he was like 45 or almost 50 or something like that. And he was just saying like, yeah, I could. He was fighting there, MMA. Yeah, he was fighting MMA at the but, time. But there was something winning. else. Somebody asked him if like he thought he could still like play in the NFL Right now, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm good." I mean, maybe a third down Sign back. He's in pretty good. I shape. feel like that's going to be Adrian Peterson when he's like 45. He's going to be done playing, but he's still going to be like, "Yeah, I could suit me up right now." The big news this morning in NFL free agency, and this was weird to me considering some of the guys that they let walk. Uh, former Seahawks safety Earl Thomas intends to sign a four-year, fifty-five million dollar contract with the Ravens. Uh, source said the deal includes $32 million fully guaranteed at the signing. Also, Mark Ingram intends to sign a three-year $15 million deal with the Ravens. Didn't they just cut Eric Weddle? Why do you cut Eric Weddle and then go out and spend big money on Earl Thomas? Younger. Uh, maybe fits better for what they want to do. I and, don't know. Eric Weddle was good, but... And they uh, let a bunch of guys... I think they lost four starters on that defense. Yeah, Terrell Suggs is, uh, I think, older than all of us combined. <laughs> Think he's that old? No, he's 37. I know exactly how old he is. <laughs> okay, good. It's called hyperbole. Sometimes we use it on the radio. <laughs> what did you make last night of the two big deals that went uh, Le'Veon Bell to the Jets and uh, the Odell Beckham Jr. trade? Obviously, what you're going to talk about with Danny Cunningham in a few um, minutes. I can't. I just, I, I don't get it for the Giants. I just don't get it. I mean, last year, Josh Rosen would have been the right guy to draft, rebuild around, give him a top wide receiver in the league. Now, they, they made a deal earlier this offseason to get a guard and traded away Olivier Vernon. I thought, okay, that makes sense because you need to rebuild that line. They drafted Will Hernandez last year. You're sort of taking the right steps. Rebuild the line and then maybe even trade up in this draft to be able to take Kyler Murray or whoever it might be, Dwayne Haskins, whichever quarterback you want. Like, that all makes sense. But if you're going to do that now, 
not having the number one receiver there does not make so much sense. So I always wonder, though, is there more to the story? Like, do they know something that everybody else doesn't know that they can't say? I actually made sense of it in the last segment of the first hour of this show. Go back and listen to that at scorenorth.com. I made sense of it. I gave a reasonable explanation you. for why the Giants are I'll doing what they're doing. I'll have to listen at scorenorth.com and maybe on iTunes and I'll leave a comment and give a five-star review. Do that. Matthew Collar will be right back with Score North Live. This has been Purple Daily. We'll talk to you next time. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.